Actually, hey, so uh, friends of ours in Vancouver um, going into labor, and the wife's texting my wife, and she's like, Hank just pulled out a charcuterie board. He's <laughs> sitting there, right? How good is that? Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Hank brought an effing charcuterie board to labor. Well, I almost thought of, I know it's polished and I thought about doing it. I know, but my wife was like, there better not be a charcuterie board in that cooler. Hey, Rick Madison here with Jeff Cox, one foot off center. Uh, If you are watching this, good for you because uh, we are going to just run a train through the PM's office today. Uh, and I know that's sport for a lot of our uh, watchers. So it's it's great fun. Uh, new dad, welcome. Oh, yeah, we've had a little break. So we're, we're a couple episodes behind, but I appreciate the time off. I, I don't know if I do. My wife, I think, would be more appreciative. Or maybe not. Maybe she was like, go back to work. But, uh, well, we uh, what I love is, though, is you get the uh, congratulations. Like <laughs> totally. you, did, you did a like ton of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. I didn't do shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, how you doing, sweetie? <laughs> Here's more biscuits and, yeah. Actually, hey, so uh, friends of ours in Vancouver um, going into labor, and the wife's texting my wife, and she's like, Hank just pulled out a charcuterie board. He's <laughs> sitting there, right? How good is that? Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Hank brought an effing charcuterie board to labor. Well, I almost thought of, I know it's polished and I thought about doing it. I know, but my wife was like, there better not be a charcuterie board in that cooler. And I'm like, no, of course not. Um, there's this, yeah, but now, now bringing her back home is now that you have growing family, obviously all this stuff that we talk about has far more gravity, I would think. Yeah. 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 I think I, I, you know. And you're right. Maybe it's been a philosophical couple of weeks, but I have really given that some thought just around things like, did I, are we just absent? And I mean, no disrespect to anybody. I'm talking more for, for myself or you or, or producer Jay is like, was I just absent in my twenties? Like, mm. or I don't remember or like what changed, right? When did I decide, wait a second, this isn't working. And, and even stuff like, um, and we're going to get into it, but but what's going on with the Communist Party of China and the Melanie and Canada? I'm like, has this always been here? Do we, do we, should we actually be concerned about our sovereignty? Like, is this real or is this just the meddling that happens? And if you go back over time, this is, this is the game of democracy. I, I, yeah, it has been an interesting time because I have, a, have had a lot of time to, to think and read and probably go down the wrong rabbit hole some days. But, but I think those are valid questions. And yeah, I think, I think it is, you know, it's, again, it, it's the same debate around, around, um, you know, climate change. And I'm like, I got kids, like, I, I don't want to leave them, but I'm, but when I when I listen to people talk, I'm like, you make no sense whatsoever, right? So there does seem to be an agenda being pushed for mm-hmm. sure. But back to the Chinese interference, I, I do find the many questions I read on forums, and and you probably see them too. My, I think my algorithm is is figured out. <laughs> you don't like the PMO, <laughs> PMO, uh, but. One of the things is it, it seems like this might be, could be, is it the one thing that would topple the government? I, I don't know. I would hope that uh, protecting Canadian citizens is paramount yeah. to uh, because I'm 
fairly certain there's a very uh, clear line of evidence that says that CISA said, yeah, there's interference. Uh, this is happening. There's police stations within our country. We have um, we have ample evidence that this is going on. Yeah. What would you like our next step to be? And crickets. I think when I look at uh, the media, when when you have people like Andrew Coyne, so so a voice uh, regularly on CBC, um, sits on multiple panels, writes for McLean's, and I have have drifted apart from from his opinions over the years, but I've had some respect for him at one time. When you see him saying this is a non-starter, and 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 I and I see his tweets and his anger, um, and and further than that, you know, the Globe and Mail, which I would have gave that pres- that subscription up some time ago, as as many kind of right-leaning center people did, and just went. And, and they ask, what's going on? It's like, you guys have totally changed the way you're going about writing the news. Um, but you see them right in the heart of this, global right in the heart of this. Like, this is, this I think people have started to realize this is, this is too far. Um, and, and again, I, because I, the it's so easy to feel like you've just put it, put put on a tinfoil hat. But, but to your point, so you have, you will start to go through this and and so everything that led up to it, then then David Johnson gets appointed. Then these again, it's not like I'm getting this from Rebel News. It's like this is pretty pretty mainstream news saying, okay, so the guy that he just appointed was a Trudeau Foundation. Well, there's pictures well, of them right, together, right? Yeah. So so you know, and they and then to have him come out and say no, there's no need for a public inquiry, despite now um, the House of Commons saying twice. In a majority, yes, there is a need for a public inquiry. For him to say, you know, the Trudeau family and I are, 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 weren't very close, and then to watch the five o'clock news, and it's like him at his wedding, him hugging seventeen thousand times, pictures of him as a kid, like, and then you know, was a board member at the Trudeau Foundation, like the the relationship he had with his dad, and you're like, so they know each other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's that stuff that you go, okay, this is a little bit too much then then you top on all the stuff and that's where i'm going with the tinfoil hat it's like then you start to understand that now we know that two police stations chinese police stations in quebec have been funded um through the federal government through multiple grants uh, again targeted mps that are still you know seeing members yeah. and i don't think they're overplaying you know M- michael chung doesn't look like he's having fun right he he's he's not standing up and clapping like there's a guy that's in his head and and i'm going this isn't right um and and again this week parliament said no this isn't right but this is where it comes to though jagmeet singh i mean i'm we've talked about this before over multiple issues but but listen jack layton has rolled over and rolled over and rolled over and rolled over i mean mm. he, he's wherever he is right he's now he's doing somersaults right now puking in a bucket yeah and 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 I really hope it is the end of Jagmeet when this is over. I, I I really I really hope the NDP get it together and 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 find somebody that can lead that party. But it goes back to and this is something I sent to you, which was the sweeping powers of the prime minister's office and how he can appoint people that should be watchdogs right. or hold them accountable. Right. Now they are actually running interference. A comment was made to me anecdotally about how the fact that the watchdogs in past have been the media for government. And now that they've been paid uh, by by the government to 
prop them up, so to speak, it's tougher to get them to hold them accountable, hold their feet to the fire. And I think that's part of this is why you and I get so frustrated about when you you move through society and, and a lot of people are, uh, you're coming off the top, they're just not that interested. They're like, well, I think it'll sort itself out and I don't really know much about that. And they're not really activated um, as much as they possibly could be about what's going on and how much collusion there is and how much hypocrisy there is that they finally don't go, whoa, wait a second. Actually, I think there is something going on. Like, I I do feel like the media has to hold themselves to a higher standard of, of reporting and journalism and say what we have massive cracks in the foundation of Canada. If you do not recognize that, you're not paying attention. Yeah, and and it's already been proven. So so you just talked about it. I mean, the for me, the amount of people and David Johnson is the latest whose reputation will be tarnished for life because of this government and specifically or specifically um, Justin Trudeau is the the laundry list is long. Brenda Lucky's another right. So so head of the RCMP, mass shooting goes down uh, on the east coast absolutely devastating and um and it is documented that um that bill blair and the the pmo's office um went to her and said we are using this to instill um our gun regulations and you're going to get on board as a linchpin for that and that that is that is sickening to me to be honest and and again i don't you can take the personalities out of it if 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 Stephen Harper did it, I would be as disgusted. To to be sincere, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, and that's a. Part it's of, not a partisan thought, no, no. No, and that's and that's and that's the part that's challenging, and that's one of of honestly countless, countless. Like we're well past blackface here. This is serious, right? Like, I mean, that's serious. I'm not trying to, but like, mm-hmm. but this is this is real, um, and that's the question. Like, are we? Is our sovereignty Are we possibly falling as a democracy? I, I'm not. I'm not trying to fear monger. I'm, it's a. I'm a. It's a valid question. Like, is this? Is this the start of the end? Well, and and I think it's the response. Like, so you can have. Well, you shouldn't have, but you do have meddling, and other countries have set up registries, which they should, and the amount of inaction by the prime minister's office on this subject alone makes a lot of people question, okay, are we still a sovereign nation? Yep. Because it seems like we have just basically given away. And and another case could be made for giving away our resources or or really not trying to uh, to get ourselves out of a hole, which was, you know, let's, let's start igniting our energy sector and let's start getting behind it. But instead you have an office that fundamentally stymies the LNG projects, for instance, and now you start to build a case for, I wonder if, like, if you were trying to weaken a nation, I think you would follow these, follow these steps. Yeah. I, and <laughs> Step one, right. let them meddle in your election right. because that's your leadership. And step two, keep funding it. Step Like, it just seems like, and don't protect any sitting members. And the, and the. And anybody that sits on the other side says that you're wearing a tinfoil hat. And that's the part to me that's mind blowing. I'm like, can we get past the partisanship here? Like, like this isn't this. How can you fundamentally not look at this and go, holy man, we're in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Like we are in some significant trouble here. But if you, again, if you say that, and, and I, I always take it back to, I wonder how many groups, again, we talk about 
the Quebec residents. We talk about the union uh, environment, which supports blindly any any government that supports them, yep. and a case could be made for the Liberal government. Then you start to break it down into, well, there's certain sectors of society that will vote Liberal, no matter what. Again, we always ask this question, which is, is this... Is this the moment when they finally go, oh, okay, that's actually a little bit too much. <laughs> like before that was a lot, but now ooh, is this, is this the straw that broke the camel's back? I, I don't, I don't see how it couldn't when you, when you start to talk about safety and let's go back to safety. Uh, the Pierre Polya video of, of our fine little city, this beautiful gem <laughs> of a city, Kelowna, um, and he made a remark, yep. and and a lot of people are, of course, it incited uh, some. Darren Call, our our uh, city director of safety, said, you know, this is happening across the country. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. What are your thoughts on on this? Yeah. So um, for because I, I I follow the demographic of our audience, which is which is across the country. So um, just a quick ban. So we're in Kelowna, um, and Pierre posted a 51 second video of essentially somebody riding and ju- through the through the through a homeless camp that that looks like the slums of Brazil um, honestly uh, and the and the and just said this is this is eight years of the of the of the liberal NDP governments and the irony that I I again you know there was been debate about how he did it but I don't think he did anything wrong he just said this is where we're at um, the response from our city and the response from from media in our city and others in our city is is that that how could he do that and it's not a fair to, fair depiction it's a deadly accurate depiction it's it's literally a kilometer from where you and I are sitting it's been there now for some time and you're right that you know um, the manager of safety in the city came out and said oh this is you know we're we're actually We've been people are phoning us, asking us like they, we've actually been been um, been looked at to say this is the model. That's the model. Come on, I I if I were and I'm not, but if I were in one of these situations where where I was working for the city or I was media in town, I would say, yeah, listen, this is our reality. How sad is it? Mm-hmm. We are not getting support from provincial and federal governments to help clean this up. We're with you, and we're not alone. Every city looks like this. We know that. And, and is it an accurate depiction of Kelowna? It is. We, that exists here. And what happens is, as the day breaks, those camps, people leave those camps. They come into downtown. One of the big challenges, I've already talked about it on another show this morning, is, is the crime issues that we're having, the petty crime issues that we're having. Um, they're related to those camps. I'm not saying, I, again, I, I don't think there's a divis- divisive line in society of, of good and evil. It's, it's in all of us to be sincere and you do what you do to survive is what it comes down to. These are still human beings, but the reality is we need solutions and, and safe supply of drugs is not a solution. It's a, it's a, it could play a role. I'm, and, and again, this is where I got into it this week with some alt left freak. That's like, you know, there's, you know, you know anybody that doesn't believe in safe supply is 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 pretty much a bigot. And I'm like, it plays a role, but it plays a very minute role. Why are we not focused on treatment? Why are we not building beds? Like like with all the things that are going on, these these are the things that need to change. So, 
I watched the video. It was super sad. Even I think for me, and I think a lot of the people that live in Kelowna, it was like very eye-opening. Well, I, I think because it's hidden behind uh, uh, Sunrise Plant, yep. it's somewhat hidden from public view in some instances. But when you see the amount of tents and you see how long the video goes, you start to go, I didn't know it was that large. But it's it's hidden from public view because it's on a piece of property that was built for public use that if you are in this city, you know you don't ride the rail trail, right? Yeah. Because at least once every three weeks, so a story comes out about somebody that decided they were gonna ride the rail trail and they ended up in the hospital. And and that's and that's the irony is like, it's actually in a public space that was designed for bike use and walking and another way to navigate through the city, which almost no one now uses because it's become the homeless encampment. So one of the things I was speaking to uh, some representatives from, from Journey Home and they talked about the fact that the year over year increase, and again, I don't wanna say it's from Journey Home, but there's some, some data that supports this. It will be coming out shortly. You heard it here first on uh, One Foot Off Center. Um, but it's, it's around 100 people per year. That's what the numbers they're looking at as far as increase in homelessness population. Really now, good. can we build 100 beds? No, there's, there's no way. But whatever is currently being done, and again, there's a lot of great upstanding people that are working very hard to help with the homeless. They're trying to manage this. It's an onslaught. It really is. But at some point, you got to start looking at the whole, is this a systemic problem? Like, in other words, do we have to go top down and go, okay, whatever we're currently doing is probably not working. RCMP, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but they probably agree with the fact that catch and release is obviously not helping us as well. Yep. And now all of a sudden, you know, when you have a stat like 100 extra people in the city of Kelowna, which is very expensive to live in, you need to build beds, you need to build some sort of shelter because winter comes. Now all of a sudden you have this glut of people, you have emergency shelters being placed in God knows where. In, in, Warehouses. In, in, in buildings that are really expensive to have and maintain and yeah. everything else. That's when the rubber really starts hitting the road. And I asked uh, Journey Home, I said, where are these people coming from? And they said, a lot of people think it's from Vancouver and Alberta, but actually it's small towns. Like yeah. they just want to leave small towns. And it's very easy. And, and they've talked about this program of they, they have people set up in shelters in Ontario that actually ask people before they head in, Listen, if you go in there and stay there a week, I worry you will never come out because in shelters, unfortunately, there is a criminal element mm -hmm. that gets people hooked on things and then all of a sudden you have more people stealing and everything else. And they actually tell people, if you have an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, stay with them, please, yep. please, because you will never get out of this. So again, but this is where you gotta take the layers off. Okay, so, so what we've gotta do is actually define some of the challenge that we're faced with. Okay, so you have homelessness and, and that in itself is, is one component of it. From there you have homelessness and addiction, right? So that's number two. Then you have homelessness, addiction and mental health. And somewhere in that, you also have just homelessness and mental health, right? It's not always, it's not always mental health and addiction. Mm -hmm. We've got to start separating and finding the buckets and then having treatment plans for both. Homelessness and mental health can be resolved. It really can. It's been resolved in the past. 
asylum, the word asylum, which I believe society has a, has a very negative view of, mm-hmm. has to come back. We have to start building asylums, safe places for people that will have ongoing mental health challenges for the rest of their life to call home, okay? They can come and go. They've got to abide by some rules. They can see um, doctors. They can, they can, at least someone can keep a tag on them mm-hmm. and they're not living in a tent um, behind uh, a plant that produces juice. Like, like, like there's homelessness. And again, I think we have the structure to fight homelessness. Um, we have the framework, you know, we, we, if it's just homelessness and homelessness is real, there's no question about it. You know, that probably better than anybody with some of the work that you do and your, and your spouse does homelessness is real. Feeding people is real. We can, we can, we've got the framework to make that happen. And, and there's things we can do there. We've got to get into the mental health and then addiction. So we've got to start treating addiction. And again, you know, uh, again, this was the argument is that, well, there's no, there's no science behind a 12-step program. <laughs> okay, except a couple million people in this country that are sober, but I'll set that aside. Let's talk about statistics. Fine. Let's, let's create options. If, if Let's let people make a decision. Does 12-step work? Okay, no, it doesn't. Well, then let's look at a wellness wheel program or let's look at multiple programs. Nobody says you have to, you have to be forced into a program, but I think you have to be forced into treatment. And again, this becomes the issue. Well, we can't force people to do it. And it's like, yeah, but at some point we have to. We have to give them the opportunity. I, I have a childhood friend who unfortunately has a very, very severe um, um, schizophrenic, he's diagnosed schizophrenic, and it's very severe. We can't get him in a hospital long enough to get him stable because the law protects him. And unless he's going to cause harm to himself, they have to let him go after 24 hours. So we can't get him two weeks of meds to get him level to talk to the guy that I know. Right. And, and that, and again, like, like I have compassion. I know this guy, it's hard as shit to run into him. I haven't in a couple of years, but I know he's alive. And I, and I, and some of, you know, try and keep tags on what's he doing and where is he at? And a few people try and keep him off of social media. Cause, cause that in itself is, is crazy. Like there are things we can do and we have not even started. But what's interesting about that, you talk about asylum and the, and the negative connotations. I have an uncle who has dementia, very, very bad dementia. He doesn't recognize people. He is locked in a facility yeah. in Alberta. He cannot leave right. because he gets confused very easily. Great care, private room, beautiful place. Now that person is going to be live out the rest of his years probably in an institution, right. but a very comfortable one. And it, I find it interesting that somebody that's a prolific offender or merely trying to to write, write themselves, and we know how medication works, is that it takes more than 24 hours yep. to figure out medication for things. And it changes, by the way, for a lot of people. Oh, it's very health. fluid, it, yep. it is. Now, you know, as to uh, practicing doctors, we know that for certain. <laughs> but I, I do find it's interesting that my uncle, love him dearly, is in a safe place now. Yep. And I, I feel good going to bed at night knowing he won't wander because that's what he was doing. And right. and that person can be, you know, somewhat secured. And we can't do the, the same for some homeless people that if given the chance of two weeks, a month, whatever it is, they would walk away going, thank you, because you actually stood up for me. And I don't know that other person that was there before, 
but now this person is emerging. And and I would say the exact so so I want that feeling about my unnamed childhood friend who for fifteen years I I every day think I wonder I wonder when I'll get the call that that he's dead right. I would like to him to be in a safe place. I would like him to be in a safe place long enough that he might be able to get some help and be able to be part of society again. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, no one wants to, this is not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I'm not looking for a lobotomy here. I'm tr- I, I think for his mom, I think for his friends, I mm-hmm. think for his brothers who, again, one of them won't talk to him anymore because of some of the things he's done because of his schizophrenia. Can we, can, like, like, let's get the guy some help. Right. And and I don't I would love to hear somebody argue the other side of that, that like, no, that's that's inhumane. It's inhumane to live in a tent behind a plant that produces juice. That's inhumane. So I I think I've told the story before on merits telling again, a very well-known realtor in town uh, goes down every day, delivers a sandwich if he can find his son on the street in Kelowna. And it's a very sad story. But, you know, he he had to basically let him go because yeah. he was stealing from the home. He was he was staying out late at night. He you know, he said it was it's like having a son but not really yep. because you're you're just basically a, a hotel of sorts for them. And and it kills him. It tears his heart apart, but he has to go down and make sure he gets fed because he said I don't know if he will eat unless I deliver the sandwich yep. to him. That kid is now going down a path that you cannot write that ship at a certain point. It's the path of no return. And that's what I worry about is some, some youth that make some bad choices. And now all of a sudden that's, that's their way until, until they, uh, they're dead on the street somewhere. So um, just a, just a, a small snippet on that. So Adam Zebo wrote an article this week and he's kind of become, he's kind of become the, the, he's really become the mainstream um, fighting against um, some of the policies around or things like safe supply these days. So he wrote uh, an article this week about um, uh, a middle school in Vancouver and the amount of addiction challenges they've had in that middle school because of the safe supply that's being provided, that's then being sold to buy harder drugs. Um, hydromorphine, I believe is what it is, is ending up in the school system. This is not a one-off. This is like there are statistical data around that interview the kids to say they're literally, you know, these pills are being handed out. Um, addiction is running rampant in people that it normally wouldn't because safe supply drugs are ending up in the wrong hands that are then causing challenges like parents chasing kids around the street for a decade trying to get him a treatment center um, that they have to pay for themselves if they if they want a reasonable place to go, right? It's 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 like again the the compiling of this is is crazy to me. I I I just think of somebody that's living in the UK right now, and somebody is is sitting across from the table having tea, and they're like, "Did you hear about Canada? <laughs> you know, they're supplying drugs to their people to keep them safe." You know, I, I don't know why <laughs> I love the British accent, but it just feels like lunacy to me that across the world you have this, people are looking at Canada and they're going, okay, so I'm sorry, back that up again. Can but, you put, unpack that for me again? Because I, I don't know why we've adopted this idea. But here's the crazy part about it. Britain, Denmark, Norway, and a number of other Western European countries have tried this and pulled back because it failed and they ended up exactly in the place we are. That to me is the part that absolutely disgusts me is like, okay, wait a second. There's a whole bunch of studies 
um, that this doesn't work. And yet here we go, right? Like I, I, it's going to work this time. Yeah. Like I know false starts, all that stuff. Well, now we've dialed it in. We've made harder stuff. A decade ago, <laughs> por- yeah. A decade ago, Portland was was the place to be. If you mm-hmm. lived on the West Coast, it was like you went to Portland. Yeah, you couldn't pay me to go to Portland today, right? Seattle. I mean, I I I I'm a Seahawks fan, so I frequent Seattle once, maybe twice a year if I'm if I'm lucky um, to catch a game. Um, I, you know, again, um, same same policy. Um, you can't go downtown anymore in in Seattle. I was there in the fall um, for a buddy's stag. And I'm not kidding you. I got up um, in the morning to grab a coffee, and I and I walked the streets alone. And I, it was like I was in The Walking Dead. I'm and I'm not even kidding. It was it mm. was it was mind blowing to me. I was in a video game of The Walking Dead. Right. Feces boarded up. Seattle is gone. Right. Yeah. Portland gone. It it does seem like there's a and and you know there's different definitions for for woke, and and I'm not sure. <laughs> We can talk about any of them on the air without, again, we're trying not to be divisive here, but, uh, you know, when something's not working time and time again, do you, does it not behoove you to go, maybe we should try a different way, maybe just, you know, just change it up a little bit, like not a lot, but I would say something because clearly if you walk around and have eyeballs in your head, you're probably going to see this picture playing out before you, which is a Walking Dead s- series. And I, that's the part that I wonder, though, is is, is that the shift? Because, because I, again, I'll, you know, I, I always equate this to – this is the one that always kills me out here is, is we had a super cold uh, April, okay? In fact, so I have a buddy that owns a nursery, and I know for a fact that we were 15 days behind going into May. So they actually track where they're at versus the way their trees grow and all these things, right? And 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 again, you would tune into the to any news station, and it's like, where well, it's the driest it's ever been, and where and it's like, no, it's not, but it's but it's not because I live here, and I've been wearing a winter jacket, and my grass is still yellow, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And I and again I think that's the problem. Now we've had a very hot May, and again I know this because my buddy owns a nursery, so we've caught those days up, and we're now two weeks ahead, right? Yeah. So and again I can acknowledge that, but 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 when 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 you live in reality, and then and then people start telling you something that's not reality, you're kind of like, what else are you lying to me about, mm. right? And and again. That's that becomes my struggle with with climate change. Again, I want the kids. I want my kids to have a place to live. I want it. I mm-hmm. I want them to have my childhood. But I'm like, when I'm constantly berated with bullshit, when I'm physically living it and going, no, no, this isn't what's happening. Right? It's it's going to be another scorcher today, thanks to climate change. And I'm like, it's six degrees outside. But if we give the government uh, taxes on our energy and uh, if we give them some money, they will actually. And this is the weird part they will actually combat climate change and leave a better world for everyone. Right. Huh? Carbon Isn't that tax. something nice? Uh, you want to talk about carbon tax? Well, oh, yeah. uh, 41 cents a liter, I think, is... is Because I've noticed the gas prices have shot up. It's ridiculous. And and the, and the and, and it seems to me that there's a math problem there with our Freeland uh, finance minister <laughs> who cannot answer the question. It, let me just get this straight. Is there tax on tax on tax, which means... And I'm not, again, I'm not going to suggest for a moment I am, I didn't think there'd be math today, but it does seem like there is an exponential compounded rate 
tax rate yep. as far as this carbon tax is concerned. So you know, it's, if it's a tax tax and you just need money, but please don't please don't hide in, uh, behind this this agenda, please. So, so there's carbon tax, which again, I'll come back to that. But there's carbon tax. We're about to have a carbon tax on the carbon tax, and then on top of the carbon tax is carbon tax. We also charge HST, and so. They do a very good job of not really letting you know how the calculation works. So you kind of have to work it backwards, like my gas bill at home, which currently right now, to my calculation, the carbon tax is about 18% plus HST. We're about to get a carbon tax on that 18%. So you're going to have a carbon tax of 18%, an undefined carbon tax on that carbon tax, and then I'm going to pay HST on top of that. And I actually, no, there's at no point where I actually could accept that. But let's just say hypothetically I could. I would have, I could, pal- I, it would be more palatable to me if I actually knew it was making a difference. But here's the, here's the irony. It's not. It's not making a difference. Because we still have emissions going up. And I'm also starting to get to a place where I'm like, I'm not even sure that's the challenge anymore. Like, and I don't really know that we're, we're going to change it. If we cut our emissions by half, right, and... India has an exponential month, the world's neutral, right? Like, like that's the insanity of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yet, we have some of the cleanest energy in the world, LNG would be one of them, mm-hmm. that we could supply to, to China, who obviously like us because they like to meddle in our elections. So maybe, well, we, hey, you guys want some LNG? And, and even if they cut, stop building like two or three coal burning plants for right. just even a year, I would say that, we're probably well ahead of that. Right. Like even just for, I'm, I'm not even talking stopping, but just delaying the building of a coal burning plant. I have a fairly good idea based on the density, the population, and and the, the massive size of China, and again, the population, I have a feeling that our 30, what, what are we, 33, 34 million? 38. 38 now. Yep. Was that yesterday? <laughs> But it seems to me like we are just a small dot on the planet compared to China. For the record, Jagmeet Singh was on Evan Solomon. So this is going back because Evan Solomon's now gone, but uh, or not 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 me anymore. But anyway, he he Jagmeet Singh was unaware of the amount of people that lived in well, Canada. It's a, it's a and and Evan, Evan Solomon had to correct him. He was like. There's 29 billion people, and Evan's like, there's 38 million, and that's actually how I know the for sure know the number cold because I was like, that was amazing. Um, yeah, no, listen, I'm with you. He, and again, this comes back to this like crazy conspiracy of China. Okay, so do, do you not find it ironic that that the mass battery production, uh, which is driving electric vehicles, is like 88 percent Chinese based right now? Like. Like and the chance of actually shifting that in the next decade is like you can make you can pull two percent of it back. Like that's the other part that I'm that you start to and again I get it. Then I'm like, oh, I'm wearing a tinfoil hat and I'm in conspiracy world. But I'm like that like those aren't that's not a, that's not a stretch. It's like so you've you've meddled, you've covered it up, you've got Chinese police stations. Oh, and it turns out you have an agenda that drives the economy of that country. Like I don't think that's a like I don't think I'm out on a limb on that one and and from a very good source and i'm you may or may not work in in uh police enforcement but says there is um during covid when a lot of the uh the transport was shut down between our countries for a bunch of reasons he says there was actually um homegrown stuff which was far more dangerous on the streets of vancouver 
And he talked about the fact that as soon as the the pipeline, in other words, the ship started crossing yeah. the ocean again, the fentanyl highway was alive and well. So we right. said, so China's it, also also driving the fentanyl. But it, but it doesn't yeah it doesn't take a, a yeah. you know a scientist to figure out wait a second when there are ships going back and forth we have more drugs on the streets right. which could be traced back to China. Right. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I I just think uh, yeah we're, we're we could talk about Trans Mountain. Um, over so it's over budget. It's not pumping any oil. It's uh, it does seem to be a little bit of pageantry right now. Like it doesn't seem to be. Is any it still government owned? <laughs> government owned. One of our one another one in the old uh, chamber there for Mr. Trudeau. Yeah, of, that's a big I, one. I got a, this idea. We're gonna take it away from people that build pipelines, <laughs> and we're gonna do something else with it. Which is like, have you ever driven by those? Like yeah, driven yeah. by the camps and everything. Yeah. yeah. I have. Like, they should make the shovels shorter because they're just leaning on them. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's just awesome. Um, okay, so we've covered uh, real quickly. Uh, NDP have, have offered a rebate for e-bikes. That's what's awesome. <laughs> you buy one? I, You know what? I have one. I do enjoy it. Um, but uh, quick story. I bought or sorry, I rented. Uh, I flew into Calgary, was going to Saskatchewan. And I said, hey, what have you got that's fun? And, and <laughs> to Avis, give you an Avis, Avis, well, they were thinking about that. But Avis says, no, we got a Tesla. Why don't we try the Tesla? Again, love the technology, everything else. Yeah. Uh, not great across the prairies. The infrastructure on the map, when it says, hey, where's the charging station? They'll populate. <laughs> but then when you show up there and actually use it, because if you talk to the storekeeper, they're like, oh, yeah, we've had it for years. <laughs> have you used it? Nope. <laughs> So there's there's inconsistent charges. Sure. They're disabled. They're, so the structure is actually not there. So if you're in the city, great. If you're doing long road trips, I think it's more, it's great in BC. So I think we still have some challenges there. Yeah, we got some we got some things to do. The e-bike thing though kills me. Is is so the NEP? If you're if you're not in British Columbia, or even if you are, you may not know. The NEP have come out and said, at the top of it, they'll give you fourteen hundred dollars in a rebate to buy an e-bike. Yes. Um, of course, there's a there's a boatload of stipulations like you know if you're if you're if you pay any taxes whatsoever you pretty much don't qualify which 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 is the part that that then leads me to this conversation i don't think the people that are struggling that that we're talking about need help so a kid or two at home trouble making ends meet working blue collar jobs trying to figure out how to get a how to get a uh, new gas pump for their truck to make sure that they can go to work this week I don't think those people um, come in the front door and and sit down for the dinner that hopefully they're eating because 50% of that that workforce is now skipping one meal a day in Canada. So let's just say that they are there for that meal. I don't think the first thing out of Joe's mouth to Tammy is, hey, did you see the NDP are giving e-bike rebates? Let's go get some. You know, and that's the part that just kills me is like it's so out of touch with reality. Um and, 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 and so that's the part I don't get. So, you know, who qualifies for that? Well, seniors is a positive. I, I would say, I'm going to say seniors, 55 plus, um, um, probably not working. So, so already into some kind of pension mode, um, mo pro probably moderated. So we're not talking about the uber wealthy here. They may get six to $900 and they're, and they're probably a fit for it, yeah. but, but it's spun like, like, this is going to help. Right. And it's it's just outrageous, right? And it, again, it's so out of touch. 
um, with 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 just where we're at, right? It's a good point too, because I mean, I know from the food bank that uh, the one of the growing groups of people that need the food bank are where both people are full time workers, yeah. based on carbon tax, uh, just inflation, all that kind of good stuff. So yeah. anyway, uh, we're out of time. As always, this is a hoot. Always good um, to see you. And uh, congratulations, new dad. Thank you very much. Coming through.